Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Anson Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Another crazy morning where we're seeing the price crash here a little bit. And we're down to 10300 so what happened this i went to bed last night and we were pushing up on resistance there if you look back on the chart a couple weeks you see this double bottom with some really big wicks pushing down and touching right on like eleven thousand five hundred or so eleven thousand six hundred and that's where we were pushing up last night we were breaking through several different resistances touching on that price again looked like we had some steam to go push through and then the price gets smashed so what has happened a lot of people talk about futures and the manipulation they see that the cme is uh, their january contract is expiring today um, and so they point to that as being like people manipulating the price um, we'll get into that here a little bit i have my opinions on that and we will talk about it but let's run down the prices and the statistics Today, I'm, as I go through these statistics, I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit more what they are because I've had some requests from some new listeners to talk about what exactly these are saying. So let's do that. Bitstamp looks to be at 10424 That makes a finny about $1.04. Uh, That's the $1 denomination or one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin that is to try my little contribution to this unit bias. Like, we're, you know, do we talk about millibitcoins? Do we talk about bits? Do we talk about Satoshis? Well, I came up with this right in the middle, call it a Finney. That's uh, halfway between a Satoshi and a Bitcoin. And it happens to be right at a dollar at this time. So it's the dollar unit uh, that we can compare it to. I'm calling that a Finney after Hal Finney who is the second person, confirmed person to run Bitcoin after Satoshi. Mayer multiple. This is uh, Trace Mayer talks about this. Uh, the 200 day moving average for long term investors is very important. And so uh, what he does is he takes a look at how how much we are ahead of the price because or how much we are ahead of the 200 day moving average in the history of Bitcoin. when we've had these major increases, you know, the big, huge bubbles in the past. Uh, we can go up to like seven X of the 200 day moving average and then we crash down to the 200 day moving average. Uh, we've gone below it, I think, several times, but um, very that's very unlikely. And um at least not in the last four years, I don't think we've been under the 200 day moving average. So that is almost like a hard floor. But right now, <clears throat> so the price compared to the 200 day moving average is a 1.4 multiple. That means we are not in a bubble. We are very close to being, we are very oversold in my opinion right now. And that's what the mayor multiple is telling us. The 200 day moving average is at 75.03 right now. Three month futures. So these are OKCoin okay Bitcoin settled futures, 10,700. The spread is $250, which is about 2%. But we did see multiple um, one minute candles with high volume, like 500 Bitcoins on Bitfinex. And so that pushed down the price. Yesterday I was looking, or two days ago, I was looking at, I was watching um, the, what I deem as manipulation happening uh, on 
the prices. So Bifinex, we saw 500, a one minute candle that had 500 um, uh, volume out of nowhere, right? So we were ticking along at like 20 to 50 Bitcoin volume and then <clears throat> then a huge candle out of nowhere at 500 and it pushed the price down. These are one the one minute candles that go. I don't usually look at one minute, but when I'm looking for these dumps onto the market, then um, I will look down to the one minute. And yeah, there was some suspicious volume from what I could see. Now I've seen this over several several months or, or a year. Um, what I I see this manipulation happening is the price will get to a precarious point on the chart. Like we are either just about to break resistance or we pushed up against resistance and we're kind of pulling back and we're in this general kind of correction period. And then someone will dump 500 coins on the market, market sell, right? These are just not limit sells like you would if you were actually trying to um, sell these coins for the best price, you would put a, a limit order in. But these are just dumping it onto the market to try to clear the order book out and stuff like that. Um, that's happened multiple times. And th this, this was another time like that because we are pushing up on some big time resistance and having a head of steam. And then we see some large volume dumping. Um, why people would do that at that particular moment, uh, I don't know. But that built, you know, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way when you um, are have this CME FUD and then you dump a bunch of coins on the market and then you go out there and you talk the right uh, language on Twitter or on your trading groups and you say the CMEs is manip the CME players are manipulating this market people get scared and they sell okay so it's a self-fulfilling dump group that I think we are working against now that is a little conspiratorial but on the opposite side um, I don't think it is CME players actually um, trying to manipulate this market. If you look at the actual volume on the C on the, the uh, CME futures, we only have 139 open contracts right now that are going to be expiring today. And so that's only 695 coins that will not move the market. Okay. Like I've been talking about, yeah, you can dump 500 coins all at the same time and push the price down. But look, we drop, we drop like, a few hundred bucks on that um, on one exchange so we're not seeing like I don't see how these people could massively manipulate the price or why they would want to uh, just to get their 695 coins a little bit cheaper we did see 144 contracts that's 720 coins uh, they closed their position today um, on these January settled futures on the contracts that are closing. Uh, so more people closed than have it still open. And that to me just says there, there's, there's no real, um, there's no real volume or mass behind this sort of manipulation scare. One thing that I kind of take uh, a little bit of comfort in is that Bitcoin to dump 500 coins on the market, you first have to buy those coins. Right. And so, I can, you know, if you're trying to manipulate the price, you have to buy those, then dump them. There's not really any way around that. It's just all paper. It's 99% a paper market. And so it's much easier to manipulate it with fiat where Bitcoin is 99% true trading of Bitcoin. Okay. And of course there is a lot of margin happening on these exchanges and there's a margin market, um, but it all costs. Okay. And so first you have to buy the Bitcoin, then you can dump it.
All right. So that's, that's what I think. Uh, CME, let's see. Um, March contracts, uh, well, right now the CME features is sitting at, um, 10, 345 for today. Of course, that's going to move around quite a bit. And they settle at, I think it's 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York time. Um, March contracts on CME, same price, 10,345. And there's still zero volume on the June contracts, uh, from what I see. BitMEX features. Um, the March contract is 10,677, and the June contract is 11,130. Uh, a little bit more uh, sane, in my opinion. There's there's more of a, a premium on the BitMEX features. Okay, so that's all the prices. Let's get into some of the market, more market cap stuff. The market cap is 177 billion for Bitcoin. That's down. Obviously, when the price goes down, the market cap is going to go down. There is, you know, several million dollars that needs to be added to the to Bitcoin every day to keep it a flat market cap because we have a bunch of people, a bunch of mined coins, 1,800 coins are mined every day. You have to absorb that just to keep the price steady. The global Bitcoin market cap that includes all altcoins out there is 514 billion. Now, the reason why I call this the global Bitcoin market cap is because Bitcoin underlies the whole space, right? We saw this with the big crash over the last couple of weeks. When Bitcoin goes down, it takes everything down with it. If there were to be some sort of fatal bug in Bitcoin's blockchain, it would take down the entire blockchain space. Bitcoin has to remain decentralized and robust or else all of these other coins uh, are exposed for being the scams that they are. And we've seen a lot of different scams happening. I mean, remember, BitConnect was part of this global Bitcoin market cap <laughs> of all these altcoins. And it was an obvious Ponzi scheme. I have another one I was going to report on today here uh, in the story section, a token, an ICO token, that turns out to be a complete scam as well. So a lot of these coins, and Ripple is not even a cryptocurrency. Ripple is its own stupid thing like one coin is. I mean, why isn't one coin counted on this market cap? But anyway, um, a lot of that, uh, of the altcoin uh, fluff, is just hot air, empty space, of pure speculation, where Bitcoin has some fundamentals like I talk about. The maximum price is 30386 That is the global Bitcoin market cap divided by outstanding Bitcoins. That is, uh, you know, if Bitcoin was rightfully measured as the total market cap here, what would be the price of Bitcoin? Okay, so the U.S. dollar value that has been transacted on-chain in the last 24 hours is $2.1 and that is low. That is low, people. Uh, I would like to see, well, I remember talking, hey, at $200 million and... Uh, saying, oh, I can't wait till this gets to half a billion, a billion. Now we're at 2.1 billion just about a year later. Uh, so it looks really good. But, um, you know, this could be up at five easily. Easily could be up at five billion. So this is about half of of maybe all-time high for this statistic. Um, but it's still okay. I mean, if it was one billion, that would be uh, troubling. But two, two billion is all right in my book. The average transaction value, so that is... Um, eight thousand nine hundred and seventy four dollars and we can see even with high fees you're talking a very low uh, percentage for that um, but we do see fees coming down which I'll talk about here in a second all right so that's the market size I hope you guys don't know how what else to really say about those statistics for explaining these um, but let's move on to security 
So difficulty, we had a huge difficulty increase, another 18%. And we've seen multiple double digit increases, even in the face of this huge 50% price correction and in the face of Bcash coming in and, uh, you know, trying to take up, uh, uh, have war with uh, Bitcoin over the hash rate. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, when you have proof of work, you know, the mining that happens with these cryptocurrencies, uh, they all happen on a certain algorithm. Uh, so Bitcoin is the name is SHA-256. And there's other algorithms that like Ethereum has, I think it's ETH, eHash or ETHHash. Uh, so they have their own algorithm that they made for their, their mining. Some use like a Dash uses X11, which is 11 different algorithms combined uh, into one proof of work. Um, so each coin will have its own, but sometimes you run into where you have multiple coins on the same algorithm. So the ASICs, the chips specifically designed for that algorithm uh, will work for both. And that's what we see with Bcash and Bitcoin. Um, so they're in, in a competition for that hash rate. Uh, Bitcoin's profitability is uh, usually much higher than Bcash's profitability. And so uh, the most of the hash rate stays on Bitcoin. In fact, I, th I think it's, it's pretty telling that you have um, mining Bitcoin is always about 5% more profitable than mining Bcash, but there's still like 10% that sticks around on the Bcash chain and they mine not at a loss, but they have an opportunity cost there. They could be making 5% more by mining Bitcoin. Um, Plus, they're not selling their Bcash. You can still look at these same, there's like two addresses, I think, um, that have uh, tens of thousands of Bcash sitting in them. They're mining, they get their reward, and it sits there. They don't sell it on the, on the market. Uh, so they, they are protecting the price. It's a centralized coin, centralized distribution compared to Bitcoin, and it's just not good. But anyways, even in the face of all that, uh, Bitcoin difficulty still increased by 18%, meaning a lot of hash power is coming online right now. That happened yesterday, and then the next estimated retarget for the difficulty is in 12 days from now, and uh, my two different sources are saying anywhere between another 1% to 9%, so a single-digit increase on this next one. Um, I've said for a long time that, um, you know, 5%, uh, maybe 2 to 5% every time would be a good average to keep up. That would be adding security at a good pace to the network. Um but yeah, we're seeing some major, major increases. And this is a lagging indicator. Um, so the price jumped up, what, like 10x last year, 20x. And we're seeing the hash rate catch up to that. Now, if we saw a huge crash in the price, you know, again, down to 7,000 or something, we could see um, this, this difficulty actually have a down adjustment, right? <clears throat> and that would be a confirmation that this is an actual pretty good size pullback and we've had some, had some small downward adjustments in the past but not for a while and when they do happen they're very small like one or two percent um three percent maximum uh, but these difficulty increases they've been happening in double digit increases all right enough about difficulty fees now the mempool is has crashed uh, we it was up there where people were spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a transaction uh, that has come way down. People have stopped spamming. That is a controversial statement because when you say spam, you are implying malicious intent. 
But in Bitcoin, as long as you're a paying transaction, it's hard to say that it's malicious. Um, fees are a spam prevention mechanism. Like um, in on the internet, there's an attack called a denial of service attack where you um, bombard a server with a bunch of requests, so many that it crashes the server. Okay. Now in Bitcoin, um, you would have a denial of service by flooding the network with cheap transactions and um, keeping people out of making their normal transactions. Fees are a way to stop that. So you can bid up a fee and your transaction will still get confirmed over the spam transactions. Um, and that's what they were doing to make Bitcoin less attractive for payments, quote unquote payments. Uh, so they would spam the network. Uh, now they found out that if they spam the network, all they're doing is incentivizing lightning to happen faster. Right. And so we saw this huge, uh, big push behind lightning network, which I talk about here in the news section, but we see a big push for the lightning network because the fees were so high because there was spam out there. And I've talked about this for several weeks now that they figured out, oh crap, we're actually incentivizing this lightning. We're, we're sealing our own fate here. We got to stop spamming. So they stopped, they've pulled it back and they, uh, the mempool is going down. So you can get a transaction through for about 50 Satoshis per byte, which is very reasonable in, you know, in the $5 range or so for a transaction, which is not bad, especially if you're opening a lightning channel and you, you know, you're putting a couple hundred bucks into the lightning channel that you can send many, many payments, almost unlimited uh, for $5. That's pretty cool. Right now, if you measure everything, the mempool is at 100 megabytes, but the effective size, according to TradeBlock, is 10 megabytes. So it's pretty, pretty low, very manageable. Bitcoin incentives rule the day. It's working exactly as it's supposed to be working. Now, take take advantage of this time of low fees to uh, get your coins onto SegWit addresses. If you have some coins, you know, on a Trezor that you've been holding for a while, whatever, get them into a SegWit address. Because then in the future, they'll be cheaper to send if they're already in a Segway address now. Development. So development, we have, I added this a while back, uh, several shows ago, because Bitcoin is the most actively developed, the fastest moving project out there. And there's this meme, this um, false narrative that Bitcoin is old. That Bitcoin is, uh, has failed to produce anything <laughs> that, that, you know, no development is happening on it, quote unquote, but that's not the case. It is the most actively developed crypto. I mean, if you take out, you know, some of these that are just getting started, like a Cordano, all right, they have apparently I've heard 35 or something paid developers for Cordano, uh, obviously centralized, um, and they are, they're doing a lot of work very quickly because they're just getting started. That's understandable. But out of all of the like actively launched coins out there, Bitcoin has the highest development. Like if you compare Bitcoin to Ethereum, Bitcoin is always about 25% more. So Bitcoin's lead is getting bigger. It's not getting caught. It's not, um, getting old. It's actually very vibrant, more vibrant than any other project. And the way I measure this on the show is I talk about merged pull requests. So on GitHub, on the code, you can follow about how many uh, changes are being made. There was 18 merged PRs in the last seven days and, and 18 closed issues. 
very solid numbers there. Lightning Network, this, I'm going to put this in here. Someone recommended I talk about the Lightning Network and how it's scaling. Um, there ha I've had trouble with one of the sites, the, the sources that I link in the show notes, where you have the visualization of the main net. Um, but the other site is working at this time, and it's showing 3.2 Bitcoins of capacity in the main chain Lightning. That means in all the different channels and 662 open channels right now i don't know about how many nodes that is but i believe it's it's over 100 right now it's probably around 300 because we've been averaging roughly two open channels per node so um, if we have 600 channels that's probably about 300 nodes but uh i'll update you guys on twitter uh, as soon as that other website becomes available for that statistic okay so that's pretty good. 3.2 BTC capacity and 662 open channels on main net. Lightning Network is here. It's not, I mean, all of these, these nodes and channels are open by developer types or very tech savvy people that are going through the steps right now. But they are learning at a very accelerated pace. There's probably hundreds of Lightning uh, wallets and Lightning uh, products or websites that are going to take advantage of lightning that are under development right now hundreds if not thousands lightning is the hot item and i'll talk about that more in the news part okay uh, last area of statistics i have here is otc volume this is kind of an interesting story so this is over the counter or peer-to-peer -peer. it's it's a little bit more of uh, getting a read on you know base demand Local Bitcoins last week hit uh, almost an all-time high. So their all-time high is 133 million per week. That's 103, $133 million worth of Bitcoin. Um, and this last week, they had 131 million. Of course, something weird happened. I don't know. Um, then the most recent week was 66 million. So two weeks ago, let, let me start this over. <laughs> Four weeks ago, we had 133 million. Then we had like a 90 million. And then two weeks ago, we had 131 million. And then we had a weird week now, this most recent week, down to $66 million worth of Bitcoin on local Bitcoins. Same thing sort of happened with Paxful. They hit a new all-time high two weeks ago of $11 million. And then this week, they dropped in half down to $5 million. So something weird happened there. I don't know if they cut the week short or exact, exactly what happened. It kind of looks like that. Um, but, uh, you know, this this very, very solid demand. I'll have to recheck it. Maybe the numbers are wrong on this website. Uh, and I'll have to check it again. Ledger has been very disappointing. This is Ledger X, the options uh, on, you know, the regulated, they, it's their own exchange, uh, regulated Bitcoin options. They have a 24-hour swap market where they, uh, you know, you have to have fully collateralized. So you, you deposit your dollars before you enter into a swap to buy Bitcoin. Uh, you put your Bitcoin onto uh, their custodian, uh, their escrow, and um, before you sell it. So these are t uh, next day swaps. Uh, and they've only had $1.2 million volume over the last week. They had, they were getting up there to four, six million. And now they've, they've dropped off majorly. Um, this was not in the last week though. This is over the last month. They've, they've really struggled. Now, some of that could be going over to Gemini. So Gemini is, uh, you know, the, 
auction side of the Gemini Exchange, uh, very similar to these 24-hour over-the-counter swaps, they have been jumping up in volume. Several days they've had over like $2 million in volume in one day. Now, last week they had $11 million in volume total. So that's very good. Some of this Ledger X volume probably going over to Gemini. And Gemini is the uh, this Gemini auction is the price behind the CBOE futures. Uh, so that could add to why people are moving over to Gemini because it's more of an important price. Uh, but I'll, I'll be watching this and reporting on it for you guys over the next couple months and we'll see how this develops. So I have a total over the counter, public over the counter uh, volume at $156 million per week. And I'm going to take last week's numbers because. Uh, there seems to be something weird happening over the last, um, you know, seven days. I want to add in this section of the OTC markets is there's a large OTC market in China. All of these exchanges that got regulated last year, they're still around. Hubi and OKCoin, they have over-the-counter trading desks. But I can't find numbers. I cannot find volume numbers for them for their over-the-counter stuff. There's also another website. That is, you guys can go check it out. It's otcbtc.com, a new Chinese over-the-counter market similar to local Bitcoins. Um, apparently, they're doing some major volume there. But again, I cannot find the statistics for that. So, listeners, if you guys go out there and you find some of that Chinese over-the-counter volume uh, numbers publicly available, maybe through an API or, you know, just somewhere on their website let me know about it please i want to add that in here uh, so we can talk about it but i do know that they're doing quite a bit of volume and if this um, otc btc place is doing as much as local bitcoins that's that's pretty big i mean we could be talking 300 million dollars worth of bitcoin every week um that's pretty big because otc bitcoins they're usually they're two strong hands right because these people went through the process of buying over the counter and so they're going to hold on to it or they are going to uh, be spending it in a censorship resistant way. So these, this is a very important statistic for Bitcoin, in my opinion. And we're at all time highs, or at least last week, we're at all time highs for this. And um, this week, something weird is happening, but uh, I will stay on top of that for you guys. Let's get into the news. All right, so I explained those those statistics. I think if you guys have more questions, feel free to message me on Twitter. My DMs are open on BTC MRKTS, and um, I will. If you have questions, I'll try to uh, explain it to you on the DMs there, no problem. But uh, yeah, let me know. Also, if you guys want me to add new things, I'm open to it as long as I can get a source and I have something to say about it. I will do that. All right, I was on the Bitcoin News Show, that's Vortex's show, this last Sunday, and it was a really good panel. I mean, I was honored to be on it. Christian Decker of Blockstream, working on Lightning. They just released Sea Lightning. Um, and who else was on there? Ragnar uh, from, uh, he does real estate stuff with uh, blockchain and Bitcoin. And then obviously Francis Pouliot from up there at Cadillacsy and Bills.com. Gabriel D. Vine was there as well. Just some great guys on the panel. Um, I I was honored to be on there with those those guys because they're they are some top notch smart people. Um, it was great. 
anyway, we talked about several different topics, government shutdown, how that affects Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin bans around the world that we're seeing, Schnorr signatures, and then Lightning. Um, by the way, I linked to that in the show notes if you guys want to go check it out. I linked to the video in the show notes if you want to go check it out. Now, out of all of these things, I noticed something that uh, everything can be tied to privacy. Everything kind of happening right now can be tied back to privacy. And I listened to a recent Let's Talk Bitcoin episode where Andreas was saying that Coinbase is not going to implement Lightning because of their regulatory prison. They cannot do that because they don't know who they're sending to. They don't know uh, where they're accepting from. So uh, that's an interesting point. But all of these topics had to do with privacy in, in some way, shape, or form. And I think that is the undercurrent that we're going to see throughout the year. Everything is going to be about privacy, not out in the open, but kind of like an undercurrent of all the topics. They're going to be about privacy. Now, this goes into my kind of prediction that the next big fork, because Bitcoin will have another big fork eventually, the next big fork, either this year or next year, is going to be about privacy. These businesses cannot accept it. They cannot join us, right? They are too compliant. They are too inside of the system, and they cannot join us on this whole privacy um, journey that we're going on. The miners might not even be able to join us, depending on where they're located, what jurisdictions they're in, but they might have government regulations where they cannot mine blocks that have this privacy in it. So this is going to be a big debate uh, over the next year or two, and the next big fork, like Bcash, where we can get 10% on our money, uh, they that will come because of this fungibility and privacy issue. All right, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about Lightning's impact. Now, people are saying that Lightning is kind of, it's a payment network on top of Bitcoin, but it's not. I want to push the rhetoric that Lightning Network is a smart contract layer. Lightning Network is constructed from smart contracts. And we hear the smart contracts talked about with Ethereum is a smart contract platform. Well, now Bitcoin has a smart contract layer, not to mention Rootstock, that is exactly like um, Ethereum that you can have on Bitcoin now. But Lightning Network is a smart contract layer. There's so many things that can happen on Lightning. We can have different assets on the same Lightning Network. It boggles the mind. So it's not a payment system. I don't think we're going to see retail even with this. We'll see some hardcore retailers. Yes, online retailers with this. But we're not, we're not going to see the brick and mortar retailers like a lot of people want to see. We're not going to. It's just Bitcoin is not there yet. And that's fine. Um, what I think we'll see first is Lightning-specific applications. That includes um, micropayments. That includes uh, maybe business-to-business transactions. And machine-to-machine uh, -machine payments will start becoming more of a topic. Um, these business-to-business -business payments, I can see, or let me, let me start with the microtransactions. I can see like blogs or podcasts or content, you know, is paid little by little with these Lightning, um, with the Lightning Network. So advertising type disruption, I can see. Uh, B2B will be for uh, exchange to exchange or payment provider to exchange, even payment provider to customer. We'll, we'll have to see how they are regulated and how that, how that works out. But we're going to see these B2B payments, I think, are going to be pretty big. And then machine to machine payments, we'll start talking about more. Um, this was a concept I've had for a long time. 
but I didn't know how to put into words until I heard Elizabeth Stark talking about machine to machine payments. And, um, kind of my vision of the future was a, uh, self-driving car that was like an Uber and it could, you know, it had its own self-diagnostics. It could pick you up and get paid by you via lightning. Um, it could go to the, the, shop and get fixed it can also pay for its own parking in some sort of parking garage because it has control over its private keys machines can own bitcoin machines can't own dollars right uh, i also think this is going to have a major impact on um, learning machine learning because if you can program into a machine actual respect for money they know that this action is going to cost them and this action is going to earn them money then machines can learn a lot faster, I think, and a lot better. So we'll we'll see how that goes. That, that also, like, if you can tie in the money aspect, you can almost, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear about, oh, and the robots take over the world, Skynet's coming and stuff. But if you can program into them a respect for earning money, uh, a respect for uh, <laughs> their Bitcoin balance, then that will incentivize good behavior by these AIs. And that could be very, very important uh, into the future. All right, what more about lightning? Um, I, I feel I have a feeling that some new use cases are going to emerge over the next 12 months that we can't even uh, comprehend right now, that we cannot foresee. And they're going to be made possible by lightning. So um, lightning won't take over. I talked about this on my appearance with Andy Hoffman, too, that um, you lightning and bitcoin might not take over the payments that we see today like your coffee that you use traditional payments for not yet that's coming but not yet i think what's going to happen is there's going to be a whole new economy a whole new industry of some sort or another that uses lightning and it's going to all the productive energy and innovation is going to go into this new space we already see that all this money and productive energy is coming to crypto or Bitcoin, the Bitcoin space. But we're going to see that accelerate. We're going to see new things being produced um, that have that are very productive, and not just pure speculation like these altcoins. Um, so yeah, smart contract layer, smart contract layer. This is what Lightning is, and we're going to see a bunch of new use cases come out of that. All right, I want to touch on substratum. Um, I just linked to this in the show notes. Uh, they had an ICO that turns out they copy and pasted all the code for it. And this guy came out and said, look, you copy and pasted this code. It's a off the shelf smart contract that still has the name of the prior project in it. And substratum, I saw a bunch of people pumping it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it, it's just pump and dumps. All these ICOs are the exact same thing. This is probably like almost every other ICO, like probably 95% of ICOs are just copy and paste jobs. There's no uh plan to even make this real it's just copy and paste all right last thing i want to touch on here is the dollar and some of the things we're seeing happen there now i've been calling the dollar going down since 103 basically at the top Vinny lingham i remember for my first run-in with him was on twitter where he was saying the dollar was going to continue to strengthen by another 10 to 20 percent in 2017 and i said you're a moron how could it strengthen and so it's gone down by it went down just under 10% last year, like 9.8%. And it's already this year, it's gone down 3%. I also want to add here that um, Tone Vase has been saying the dollar is going to strengthen, 
relative to other currencies and that the euro is going to go down well we've seen the exact opposite and you know this is more this is forex it's not traditional options or commodities or stocks or whatever he is used to trading but um this is more traditional markets and <laughs> that's supposed to be where he shines and uh, this has been a totally opposite call from what he said. So anyway, the dollar has been tanking down another 3% already in January. And um, uh, what does this mean? Well, I think we're seeing the de-dollarization start in the world. Uh, we can see this issue in Syria now where these countries are openly flaunting not listening to the United States. Um, uh, the influence of the United States has is waning, if not totally gone. I mean, people are just not listening to the United States. Turkey invaded Syria against the U.S. recommendation. And the U.S. has troops embedded there openly. So, I mean, it's totally disregard for what the U.S. wants. The U.S. hegemony is crumbling. The dollar is crumbling. Everybody sees this. It's a vicious cycle right um the dollar weakens so u.s power projection weakens uh, which leads to the dollar weakening and on and on and on i think by the end of 2018 here we could see we could see 80 or 82 on the dollar on the dollar index i mean it it could go really bad now how does this uh compare to stocks or how does this um, correlate with stocks and bonds because we've seen stocks just skyrocket um well i i said a while ago that the Fed is going to have to choose between saving stocks and saving the dollar. And at this time, it kind of it just looks like they're decided to save the stock market. They've decided to save their their whole fiction that they live in, right? With zero or one percent interest rates and um, the stocks going up and up, and the the economy strong when it's actually the weakest the economy has been in in decades. So um, they are protecting their bonds, uh, which boosts stock market and crushes the dollar and they're they're not showing anything in the way of wanting to save the dollar yeah i think this is going to continue i don't want to ramble on too much about this traditional stuff because people don't listen to the show for that but the dollar is going down u.s hegemony around the world is going down we're going to see a new banking system a new center of the world be, um, come out of this and bitcoin is perfectly uh positioned to be in the talks people are talking about bitcoin at the highest levels i guarantee you it cannot be stopped it's sucking in energy from everywhere we have the lightning network now that makes it a real competitor so all these dips all this manipulation don't worry about it just don't trade on 100x margin or leverage okay don't trade on 100x leverage and you'll be fine hold buy and hold that's all i gotta say guys we'll see you next time peace Thanks for listening.